We want to honor you and be good stewards of what you've given us. And as we give this 10%, Lord, we thank you that you are opening the windows of heaven, that you're pouring out a blessing that we cannot contain. Lord, cause us to receive wisdom. Cause us to receive ideas and innovations, Lord, that begin to be a game changer in our lives, Lord. I thank you that you called us to be blessed, to be a blessing. And, Lord, we thank you that as we bless you today, that we receive your blessing so that we can bless you more. We thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says amen. Come on, give God a hand. You could pass those around. Awesome. Awesome. Well, the saints play today. We got to pray for the saints. I believe they start at 12. That means my message is going to be quick today. That's part of it. You're in this church. (laughs) It's just the way it is. Sorry. I'm going to be talking about overcoming the enemy's control today. Overcoming the enemy's control. If we can start in Revelations 12, 11, Revelations 12, 11, it says, and they overcame. Say overcame. Now, this word overcame means that they had to be faced with some defeat. Am I right about it? You don't have to overcome anything that isn't a threat, that isn't a fight. How many of you know that God wants to fight through us? It says, and they overcame him, meaning the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives even unto death. See, a lot of times we think that if we give our lives to God, things just become easy. But the truth is, the enemy looks for people that he can devour. And God says, I'm giving you the power to overcome the enemy. I'm giving you the power to overcome the enemy. That word overcome denotes that we have a little bit of a fight on our hands. How many of you know that you need to fight? But the good thing is that God has given you all the tools and all the ability and all the victory at the cross, but he says, I'm going I'm to allow you to come into authority and fight and overcome the enemy. You are either being overcome by the enemy Are you are overcoming the enemy? How many of you know the fight is for control? The enemy wants to control your life. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, he wants to control your thoughts. He wants to control your emotions. He wants to control what you do. Why? Because he understands if you allow God to be in control of your life, you're going to enter your purpose. You're going to start glorifying God, and he's defeated. The truth is you're a king's kid. You are God's child. And when the enemy looks at you, he looks at Jesus. He hates Jesus. He hates God. And he wants to get at him by getting at you. But Jesus shed his blood, died on a cross, so that we can overcome the enemy and give him glory in our life. Let me ask you this. Are you overcoming the enemy or are you being overcome? And I just want to encourage you today, if you're being overcome, then this message is for you. If you're being overcome, because listen, uh, this, this is a standoff. This is a standoff. You know, when there is a standoff, that is a pretty si- uh, serious situation. You know what I mean? 
and God gave you the victory on the inside of you to overcome. This is a standoff situation. Are you going to overcome? Are you going to overcome? You ever seen that movie Hunger Games? Ever seen that movie? The thing that's crazy about that movie is that either this girl's going to uh, give up and be defeated or she's going to conquer. You know, Allie said, you know what, I want to dress up like whatever that girl's name is. She said, because she's some kind of awesome warrior. That's what she said. She's some kind of awesome warrior. Because there is this thing about either you're going to overcome or you're going to be over, overcame by the enemy. How many of you just want to overcome God? I believe over, we'll be overcome by God. Over, we don't want to overcome God. That's impossible. <laughs> Write this down. The, enemies, the enemy promises freedom and ex- exercises authority over you. But the Father asks for your life and gives you authority. I'm going to say that again because it's so good. The enemy promises freedom and exercises authority over you, but the Father asks for your life and gives you authority. See, the enemy promises that, you know what, do what you want. Whatever you want to do, do what you want. It's all going to be all right. But at the end of it, he enslaves you. And God says up front, give me your life and you'll have freedom and you'll have authority. You know, it is a very clear divide. And we're going to talk about that today. I want you to confess this with me. Say this after me. By the blood of Jesus, I am delivered from all the power of the enemy. Do y'all believe that? All sickness, all poverty, all depression, all addiction, all of those things of heaviness. Come on. All of those things that the enemy tries to control and tries to enslave you and tries to manipulate you and tries to mark you and tries to tell you who you are and who you're not. All those things, all the things that the enemy has a plan, he has a plan, he has snares out for you. And a lot of you, have might, you might have identified with those problems, but what the Bible promises is that by the blood you're delivered from all the power of the enemy. Y'all believe that? I believe this is a dangerous thing when we get this. Come on, if you feel comfortable, just lift your hands. We're going to pray. Lord, we pray today that you give us the secrets and the tools, Lord, to overcome the enemy and to begin to see our freedom in you, God, in this season that we won't be swayed by the things of this world but we will stand confidently and strongly in your presence. We thank you that you have freed us from all the power of the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says, and everybody says, awesome. That's what I like to hear, some enthusiasm. Are you enthusiastic about Jesus? It's not of God to be boring. Let me just say that. Exodus 1.9 through 14, Exodus 1, 9 through 14. Then we're going to skip over to Exodus 1, 22. I just have a few scriptures and a few thoughts for you today because I believe that this is going to be a week of conquest. I believe that this is going to be a week that you overcome and maybe some of you are facing some test. Maybe some of you are facing some opposition. But this is the week that you overcome and go to the next level with God. It says this. And this, just to give you a backdrop of what this is, the Israelites are in Egypt. They were in Egypt before because Joseph was there. He was part of uh, 
Israel, and he had favor with Pharaoh. But as years go on, Pharaoh forgot Joseph. Now Israel stuck in bondage because the Egyptians want to control the people of God. And the Egyptians put them to work, and they're treated very cruelly. And that's when God begins to raise up Moses. He says, let my people go, right? They fought with the blood of the lamb. They won. They had victory, and they got into the promised land, right? How many of you want to get into the promised land? It says this. He said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. This is Pharaoh. How many of you know that this is what we want in America? We want in America for the enemy to say, man, they are, they outnumber us. They outnumber us and they just keep multiplying. See, God, God wants us to multiply and do great things for him. He goes on to say this, we must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, And if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then we will escape from, then they will escape from the country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Remesis and supplied centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread. And the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and to make bricks and to, and to work in the fields. They were ruthless in all of their demands. Then Pharaoh, we're skipping over to verse 22, it says, then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people, throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. Wow, that's ruthless. You know, Pharaoh, he feared the Israelites, and he was scared that they would not be in his control. I wasn't going to talk about this, but, you know, it's hard not to watch um, Uh, what's going on in the world today, and it's just, to me, you know, uh, this is kind of off subject, but really not really off subject. It, to me, it is very alarming that even the people of God and the majority of people in America agree with the fact that you can take a new baby out of the womb and cut it to pieces. You tell me what spirit that is of. Well, you know, you know, we got, you know, people when they get raped and they, okay, let's shut all that up for a second. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands and thousands of babies getting ripped out of a nine-month mother and ripped into shreds. I can barely even watch it. But it's what's going on in America and it's what people are voting for. You say, who are you voting for? Who do you think I'm voting for? Whoever's not doing that. Well, you need to apologize for what you believe. No, we got to stand because the enemy wants you to be silent. We need to multiply and begin to say, listen, listen, you say, well, you don't know the morality of this person, that person. I know that God raises people up that aren't perfect to do damage to the kingdom of darkness. And you might say, listen, this is not a place for that. 
you know, this is not a place for that. You got to separate church and state. No, no, no. See, the state was here to protect us. And so we should stand for what is right. And you should not apologize for what you believe. Now, if you can really vote and pay taxes to kill babies out of a nine-month-old womb, then I really need to pray for you. Come to Encounter this weekend. We'll pray for you. You need some help. And the, the enemy wants to paint an agenda. He wants to paint this so-called compassionate agenda that you're not being compassionate or you are beginning to divide people and you're being, listen, don't listen to the noise of the enemy. Listen, there are thousands of babies' blood crying out from the ground and we need to begin to cry out for mercy. And if we don't understand the authority that we have in Jesus, we can lose this nation. Because I t- I'm telling you, what's happening in the natural is what's happening in the spirit. What's happening in the natural of, listen, just be kind of passive when it comes to people coming to God and new babies coming to God. Be kind of passive when it comes to church and let the enemy just take them out before they ever have a chance or they ever have a purpose. Just, there's too much work. You got too much to do during your week. You know, you got to get your latte and live in your house and get your 401k and be happy about it. Don't worry about the things of God, the kingdom of God. Don't worry about those that never had a chance that you have. What's going on in the natural is what's going on in the spirit, and the people of God have to wake up and begin the fight. You're either going to overcome or you're going to be overcome. And I choose, I choose today. I choose today before you, and I ask you to choose. And this is not political. This is spiritual. You say, well, if you do, listen, if you do that, I don't, I'm not coming to this church. If you're voting now, I'm not, it doesn't matter to me. It's not, it's not about telling people what they want to hear. It's about standing for what is right. And if you can say pulling baby out of a nine-month womb and cutting their bodies apart while they scream and they, are, they flinch and they are going through torture, listen, don't give in to the lie of the enemy because there is an agenda and it doesn't matter if they're few. God has raised up people like 300 men of Gideon that said, are you willing to make a noise? Because if you make a noise, you can overcome the enemy. But the enemy wants you to be threatened. The enemy wants you to be chained. The enemy wants you to be overworked. The enemy wants you to get numbed down so that you don't have a voice. But it's time for the people of God to raise their voice and to say what is right and to do what is right. Come on. Come on. You say, well, you're too, you're too excited about that. No, you're too passive. You're too passive. You're, you're, you're mediocre. You're mediocre. If you can't stand up and fight, then who are you? Men, stand up. Men, stand up. Quit being a weenie and let your wife have a voice for you. Stand up and say, I, for as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As far as me and my house, we're going to stand up for what is right. Come on. Come on. I'm speaking to those that didn't sleep in because of a football game last night. Come on. God wants to raise up an army, not a, not a bunch of winklings. Come on. Do you, I mean, think about the kingdom of God. How does God view it? How does God view it? I believe that God's going to raise up a people that view the kingdom of God the way that he does. That it's not an obligation to pray. It's not an obligation to win the loss. It's not, a obli- it, it's not this feeling of I have to. It's a, it is a drive that I get to. 
Come on. I believe that God is raising up, and you have to break out of that spiritual atmosphere that's numbing you down where you're just flatlined. God wants to wake you up. Come on. God, wake us up. Wake this nation up. If we ever need it, right now would be the time we need it. Right now would be the time we need it where terrorists are knocking at your door. Where terrorists, you think, and this is not planned in the message, but they're knocking on your door. And we're inviting them in America. And we say, you know what, it's okay. I don't want to be politically, I don't want, you know, I don't want to beat around the bush and, and try to, to uh, I don't want to offend anybody. Right? I, I don't, I don't want to shake any feathers. Listen, there are times when you got to raise up and you got to stand for what is right. Come on. What is the agenda driving this nation? We need a nation. We need a nation that stands for God. And if, it, if we don't have it, it's because the people of God failed. And the Bible says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Listen, if it, it's not too far. It's not too far. The enemy is lurking while we're sleeping. The enemy is watching while we're napping. And the enemy is waiting to keep us in control, keep us in bondage, keep us about our thing. Don't get too riled up. Stay where I say that you need to stay. Do what I say you need to do. Go to church. Raise your hands. Say your praises. Meet with your Christian friends. Just don't do anything for God. Just don't advance the kingdom of God. Come on, I believe what God wants today is there to be a fire inside of you to say, you know what, if I don't care what the person on the left and right of me is doing, I need to advance the kingdom of God. The Bible says if those humble themselves and they pray, they turn from their wicked ways, they pray, it's a promise, then God will hear from heaven and he will heal our land. We need a healing in our land. We need a healing in our land. How have we let it go so far of babies crying, their blood crying from the ground? Justice. God is a God of justice. God is a God of vengeance. And we need to be on that side. Amen? Come on. Give God a hand if you believe it. Give God praise if you believe it. That we need to stand for the things of God. There are three steps of overcoming the enemy's control. See, the, the enemy, or Pharaoh, kept three things over the Israelites, three things over the Israelites to keep them in control. Number one, he kept them enslaved and in chains. Number two, he kept them overworked. Number three, he started stealing their babies or their fruit. Now, I want to give you three steps of overcoming the enemy's control. Number one, number one. We have to break chains by confessing who we are in Jesus. See, because the thing that the enemy does is he keeps you in chains of causing you to identify with your mess-ups. He causes you to identify with your weaknesses. He causes you to begin to think the things that I struggle with is who I really am and there's no way really out. How many of you know that there is a way out? I've just struggled with this my whole life, my husband, my kids, my this and that. But there is a way out. The thing is, the enemy, his chains are in our minds, and we have to break them by confessing who we are in God. See, you, are, you might fall, 
But the thing is, you can't identify with that fall. You need to be righteous and get back up. See, it's all about what we really believe. This is a fight. This is a fight. This is a fight to really believe that we are who God says we are. Now, either we are going to be overcome by the enemy or we are going to conquer with who God says we are. How many of you are willing to fight? See, some of us, we've been dealing with it for so long, we just accept it. Don't accept being beat up by the enemy. you got to begin to fight. Come on, that means you got to begin to confess. I want to read a scripture to you, and I believe it's going to change your life. Romans 5, 20 through 21. Let's read it. So good. All that passing laws against sin did was produce more lawbreakers. But sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. I'm going I'm to say that again. It's so good. But sin didn't and doesn't have a chance. Look at your neighbor and say it doesn't have a chance. In competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. When it's sin versus grace, grace wins hands down. Man, how good is that? See, you might be dealing with something you need to get forgiven for, but God says you got to begin to believe that his grace is greater than your sin. Now, this is not excusing you to sin. It's seeing his grace to give you the empowerment to overcome sin. But we have to change the way that we think. That means that we got to speak different. Right? So when the enemy comes knocking on your door, the first way he's going to keep you enchained the first way he's going to keep you enslaved is to try to tell you that you're someone that you're not. See, you are not those things that you're doing. You are who God says that you are. And until we begin to say, I am not enslaved by sin, but I am enslaved by righteousness, his righteousness drives me more than sin does. So in other words, he's working out in me to be holy as he is holy. Come on. That's who God says you are. Have you been fighting and confessing that? That when you deal with things, instead of letting the enemy chain you up, you know you slipped up again. You know you said that again. You know you flipped out on your kids again. You know you did that with your wife again. You did that to your husband again. You know what? You went back over there again. Do you, do you begin to get enslaved and say, you know what? It is true. I'm stuck. Or do you begin to fight and begin to say, no, 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 I'm going to fight because the battle is in between your ears. You believe, whatever you believe you are, that's who you are. But the only way to overcome it is to begin to confess it. What did Moses say? He said, let my people go, which he was beginning to confess and declare that God's people belong to God. And it was a confession that began to break the chains of the enemy. How many of you want to begin to confess who you are? Come on, that I, by the blood of Jesus, all of the enemy's hand, all of what he's trying to do, that it is taken off of me. How many of you want to begin to confess that? And that by the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. Come on, how, what's your confession look like? What's your confession look like? If you show me your confession in the week, I can tell if you're conquering or not. What's your confession look like? Come on, we got to get in the Word of God and confess what God says, not what we think. We got to confess what God says, not what we think. 
He says that you are the righteousness of God. He says that you're the head and not the tail. It's not enough to just think it. you got to say it because your mind will begin to line up with what you say. You say, well, you know, I'm just so spiritual, I just think. But God says even in salvation you got to confess it. And they overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. He says if you want to overcome, you got to begin to speak it. Come on, we need a church that understands how to speak the word of God. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. Come on. I'm cleansed by the blood of Jesus. I'm made right in God's sight. I am justified by the blood of Jesus. Come on, I'm sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Come on, I was born to win souls and make disciples. Come on, you got to confess who you are. I was born to win souls and make disciples. I'm identified as a good and faithful servant. I'm anointed to preach the gospel and build the kingdom of God. Come on, I'm anointed to be a general, to bring revival to my nation. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter how I feel. I'm choosing to fight and overcome. Yes, the doctor said one thing, but I'm confessing that by his stripes I am healed. Yes, that disease seems like it's going to overcome me, but I am beginning to confess that through him and his strength, I am made strong. Come on, what's your confession look like? The objective of today is to wake us up so that we begin to cry out to God what he says. When did the hand of the enemy get off of the Israelites? It was when they begin to cry out to God. Come on, God wants you to cry out to him. The enemy wants you to stay silent and take it. Well, this will pass. You know, it's kind of the way it is. And, you know, another financial blow. And No, no, no. God was made poor so that he can, you can be made rich. It doesn't matter what your circumstance or what your bank account says. You begin to confess, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Come on, you need to be your favorite preacher. Not me, not Pastor Bray, not any great. You need to be your favorite preacher. You need to begin to confess what God has over your life. And you need to just listen to yourself. You, because, see, when you begin to line up your words with the word of God, it is as though Jesus is speaking through you, and that's the authority that we have. The centurion, he comes up to Jesus and, and says, listen, you got to heal my daughter. And Jesus said, okay, I'll come. He says, listen, you don't have to come. You just say the word. You just say the word, it's going to happen. The Bible said in that very hour it happened. And Jesus says that's faith right there. Those that believe that it is the authority of my word begins to change things. It's not just words, it's God's word. It's not just word, it's God's word speaking through you. What would happen if the people of God begin to come into faith with what they're saying? Things will begin to break. Chains will begin to fall. Come on, things that seem impossible. You say, what is my vote going to change anything? And you say the same thing. What is my prayer going to change something? That sounds like someone that's been defeated. But when you begin to say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, you know that your prayers have power. Come on, they change the atmosphere. Come on, Elijah, the Bible says there's no difference between you and Elijah. He got on his knees and prayed for rain because there was a drought and rain came. And when there was just a cloud of the size of a man's hand, he began to come into faith. you got to begin to see that this nation is going to come to God because it's up to you. It's up to you if you begin to declare what he says or if you sit on the back burner and watch the train go by. Come on, don't be that on God's time. He's waiting for a spotless bride that speaks his word that's not worried about what other people are doing 
Come on, let's begin to declare that I am not going to be in the chains of God, of the enemy, but I'm going to be enslaved by his righteousness. That's what freedom is. Come on. If anything, if you got anything today, you got to say, I'm going to begin to confess. And if you don't know what to confess, get with a leader and say, show me some things, show me the word of God. I got to begin to confess it. Come on, try it out. In the morning, you begin to confess the word of God, all of a sudden you think different. Come on, why is it the Bible says that we're born of God and it can overcome the world, but we act so defeated? The king of kings. Why do we think that things are so far off when we got the king of kings, a good father, backing us up? Divorce does not scare your father. Sin does not scare. Pornography does not scare. Addiction does not scare. Those pain pills does not scare God. You know what you need to start doing? Believing that all the power of the enemy is off your life and I've given the, the authority to speak those things off my life. Not this, this is the way it is. Come on. That sickness in your body. Speak it. Amen. The second thing that the enemy tried to do. The second thing. I'm doing so good on time. Number two. The second thing that the enemy tried to do. He tried to overwork them. See, when the enemy begins to enslave you, then he tries to condemn you. I got new, good, really good news for you. Because in Romans 8.1, it says that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. None. None. No condemnation in Christ Jesus with those that are following after the Spirit. Come on. There is no condemnation. See, this is what happens. We fall, and everything we do, we, go, we do it through condemnation. What do you mean by that? See, when we fall, we try to get better with God. So we don't work from the cross or from grace. We work from feeling bad. So I need to go to church because I feel bad. Because I'm condemned. I feel bad about what I did. So I need to go to life group because I feel bad. I need to give because I feel bad. And God says, I don't, I'm not trying to make you feel bad to do anything. It's the goodness of God that brings you to repentance. It's God is so good. See, the enemy wants you to think that you got to work. This is why the enemy gets you overworked. It might be working good things. But you know what? you got to begin to say that I am not born to please people. I'm born to please God. And sometimes in your life, you get so overworked because you can't say no because you're operating out of condemnation instead of the love of Jesus compelling you to do his work. Come on. You sometimes you got to say, no, that is not the priority in my life. Quit being a people pleaser. Be a God pleaser. Work from, work from grace and what he did on the cross, not from condemnation. People get overworked. They get overworked, and before you know it, they get out of the plan of God, and it's part of the enemy. They're going, 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 going like a, a hamster on a, on a little wheel, going nowhere. And God says, I don't want you to work out of condemnation. Those of you that came to church because you felt bad, God wants you to begin to change your thinking and begin to see how much he loves you that you're compelled. See, who wants to get married with somebody that says, I need to go on a date with my wife because I feel bad. Because she feels bad about it. Because I feel bad about it, I'm going to go on a date with my wife. I'm going to give her a gift because I feel bad. Every time I do something for her, I'm doing it because I feel bad. I yelled at her, so I'm going to take her out on a date. Right? 
I bought something huge at Bass Pro, so I'm going to send her some flowers. <laughs> she'll, find about, she'll find out about that gun eventually. So let me send some flowers, and maybe she'll be okay. But this is what we do to God. Everything we do for God is because we feel bad, and the enemy's overworking you. So you're working, 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 getting nowhere. Come on, how many of you want to begin to work from the love of God and not the condemnation of the enemy? See, righteousness or conviction says, you're better than that. Snap, snap back. Condemnation says, you are an idiot. You know what? You really, you, because you sinned, you need to really, you know what you should do? You should start a 90-day Bible plan because you're so bad. You should pray every morning at 4.30 in the morning and just punish yourself. You should punish yourself before God punishes you. See, this is what the enemy does. You should really, you know, you should be radical because, you know what, you just deserve. You were just, I cannot even believe you. This is how the enemy works, and we fall for it. Am I right about it? We fall for it. Don't do anything out of condemnation. Do everything out of conviction. I want to read you a scripture. Y'all okay? Let's look at this. 1 John 4.18. If I can get somebody to come and play. 1 John 4.18. It says, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So it is his love that gets us through the hard times. It is not fear. See, a lot of people live their life trying to live for God because he is, they're scared that God's going to punish them. If punishment is what drives you, you're not going to last long. If punishment is what drives you, you're not going to last long. Because the Bible says it is the love of God that begins to push you. It is the love of God. So what do we need to do? What do we need to do? We have to begin to reject this cruel labor by focusing on the perfect love of God. When you start to get overwhelmed, when you start to think that you got to please everybody, when you start to think that you deserve punishment, you need to stop and you need to start the prayer that God told you to pray. The, 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 I just stuttered. That was a good stutter, too. It's almost like I meant to do it. You have, I'm just excited. Uh, you have to begin to say what Jesus said. This is how you pray. You start it like this. Our Father who art in heaven. He's a good father. Look at your neighbor and say he's a good father. He's a father that loves you. This is what should compel you, right? A father that loves you. Not, well, I'm scared. I'm going to get punished. Well, I'm scared. I'm going to get punished. I think my piano player left. Oh, there he is. Let's give him a hand. Number three, eliminate the threat towards your future by boldness. In other words, when you mess up and you fall, the tendency is that you want to do the opposite of what God wants you to do. So when you mess up, you feel like you need to isolate yourself. Am I right about it? Who of you, how many of you, you feel like you mess up and you just feel like being around a bunch of people? Probably none of you. 
you know what, I messed up. Now I need to go to life group. No, probably not many of you because when you mess up, you want to isolate yourself. When you mess up, you don't want to tell anybody about Jesus. If you're not living right, somebody in the drive-thru, you could tell they're, they're dealing with it. But if you're dealing with things in your life, you're like, oh, I, I shouldn't say anything. you got to do the exact opposite of what the enemy wants you to do. If you want to overcome the enemy's stronghold on your life, you got to hit back. If the enemy is taunting you, you got to hit back. you got to do the exact opposite. See, there's a, there's a lot of people, they know they should go on this encounter. They know that they should sign up. But because they're living with their own thing, they feel like they can't get apart. It is like this is like the fifth year. Like I should go on an encounter. But the enemy keeps doing the same old tricks. No, nah, I can't really go. I need to isolate myself. I'm not really worried. you got to hit the enemy back by doing what he does not expect you to do. Come on. The enemy said, I'm going to kill all the, all the boys. And Moses' parents said, no, we're going to make a basket. We're going to hide out. We're going to put Moses in a basket, and we're going to put them, him down the Nile River. Then Pharaoh found them. See, the enemy wants to discourage you and threaten you that you're going to do all this for God, and you're not going to get anything out of it. The only encouragement that the Israelites had was their children, and the enemy tried to steal that away from them. See, the, the enemy wants to steal your fruit. He wants to steal the things that God has for your life. And I believe that God is wanting us today to not take it anymore. There was one person that says we're not going to take it. We're going to get a basket, and we're going to put Moses down the Nile River. You know, the, a basket represents fruit in the Bible. A basket represents fruit in the Bible. It represents what's holding fruit. And see, this can represent what the church is. See, in your life, if you're going through things, don't isolate yourself from the church. Get in the church, not for the sake of going to church, but you need to get in the Nile. You need to get in the presence of God. You need to begin to get in the presence of God and do the opposite of what the enemy wants you to do. See, the enemy wants you to be quiet, sit there, take it, and not sit in your purpose or get in your purpose. And God is wanting you to begin to hit back by doing the opposite of what the enemy wants you to do. Come on, what is, what is God asking you to do? What way can you hit back? How long have you been saying, I'm not going to step out because of this in my life? Some of you, addictions, things in your life that you've been hiding for a long time, it's time to confess who you are. Come on. It's, it's time to see who you are in God. And it's time to begin to say, I don't care. That's not who I am. I'm going to begin to go forward. See, there's a secret that we have to learn, and Paul spoke about it. He said, you got to forget what is behind, and you have to press forward. But then, then what did he say? He said, I want you to begin to focus on the progress that you've already made. Some of you, you got to see how far you've come already. Some of you, you're beat down to the things that, that you're not doing, and God's saying, hey, wake up. Get that off of you and begin to see the progress that you've already done through me in your life. Come on, God has done so much already. His grace is greater in your life. His grace is more powerful than that thing that keeps trying to hold you down. Quit hanging your head. Get your, get your head. Get it up high. 
Put your shoulders back and say, I'm a child of God, and I'm going to begin to step into my purpose. Because the enemy tripped me up, I'm going to begin to taunt the enemy. What happened? What happened? All of a sudden, they applied the blood on the mantle. What happened to the enemy? He got, he got controlled. He had to go in his little house and wait for all the firstborn to die. He got controlled. He got overworked. Come on, how many of you want, you want to begin to pay the enemy back? He stole so much fruit from you already. He's brought so much heartache in your life already. Come on, how many of you want to begin to say, it's time today that I pay the enemy back through God? Come on, if you say today is my day to pay the enemy back, I want you to just stand up right where you are. Stand up right where you are. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. I want you to say this with me today. Come on, I want you to make a decision that you're going to fight. I want you to make a decision you're going to fight. There is a decision that David had to make against Goliath. He had to say, I cannot be scared, but i got to begin to prophesy to Goliath. He's saying a lot of ugly things. There's a lot of threats, but i got to begin to prophesy to Goliath. Although you're big, although you're intimidating, I have God on my side. God is saying, quit taking it. Begin the fight. People of God, begin the fight. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Come on, with me. Say, by the blood of Jesus. I'm an overcomer by the blood of Jesus. His grace is greater. By the blood of Jesus, my future is brighter. Come on, by the blood of Jesus, I receive cleansing. By the blood of Jesus, I receive forgiveness. By the blood of Jesus, I receive justification. Come on, I want you to begin to change the way that you think. Come on, begin to say, I'm going to begin to confess. I want you to cross over that line right now. It said, I'm not going to go another day without confessing who God says that I am. Come on, you need to confess right there where you are. God called me to be great. Come on, and right now, right where you are, you need to receive the love of God for your life. He hates the sin, but he loves the person. You need for a second to separate your sin and right now begin to see him look at the person and you need to hear him say, I forgive you, child.